Welcome to the Equipping You in Grace podcast, hosted by Dave Jenkins. The Equipping You in Grace podcast is a podcast about helping Christians develop a biblical worldview in a conversational tone about issues inside and outside the church. Now, for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys, welcome back to the Equipping and Grace podcast. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this podcast. And with me today, I have my friend, Kevin. Kevin, welcome to the Equipping and Grace podcast. Thanks so much for having me, Dave. I've listened to a number of your episodes in the past, and it's a joy to be a part of the great crew uh, serves as guests today. So thanks. Yeah, man, it's great to have you. Can you uh, tell us a little about yourself, your life, marriage, ministry, and what are you working on ministry project-wise? Yeah, my name is Kevin Halloran. I'm married to my lovely wife, Jaslyn. We have a two and a half year old daughter, live in the suburbs of Chicago. And I serve with a ministry called Unlocking the Bible, which is a ministry dedicated to proclaiming Christ through media, mobilizing believers in evangelism and equipping leaders for the church. My role specifically focuses on that last part, equipping leaders for the church. I'm working on uh, building an online learning platform for the ministry that will take the training that we've done in person and try and reach the rest of the world. Uh, the training focuses on 1 Timothy 4.16, uh, or on applying those words, which says, watch your life and doctrine closely. So we want to develop gospel leaders for the church, uh, both a vocational level, uh, people going into the pastorate, and also lay leaders. That's wonderful, brother. So good to hear that, uh, how the Lord is using Unlocking the Bible. I think that's a great ministry and encourage people to check it out for sure. Can you uh, tell us about your new book, uh, When Prayer is a Struggle, a Practical Guide to Overcoming Obstacles in Prayer, why you wrote it and how you hope it'll be received? I'd love to. Yeah, I wrote the book When Prayer is a Struggle because I realized I needed a book like When Prayer is a Struggle. Uh, about 10 years ago, I realized that I consistently would say things to other believers or even in my head, uh, things like, you know what, everyone struggles in prayer. So, you know, I'm not going to put forth too much effort in growing mm -hmm. because I'm still going to struggle. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I was convicted one time saying that because what does that show about my view of God and the gospel? It shows just a very small, very malnourished view. And so much of it was just focused on myself. And I realized that that I didn't even really try that hard to overcome the obstacles that I faced in prayer. And so when, when I received that conviction, I repented before the Lord. I'm like, Lord, I'm sorry for making all these excuses. I'm sorry for letting, not knowing what to say in prayer or not being able to focus well, trip me up so much and so often. And so I'm going to, I'm going to work hard at overcoming these obstacles. I'm just going to seek to grow. And uh, I hope I can help other people in the process. And so several years later, this book is kind of the fruition of that, uh, that initial conversation I had with the Lord, that initial realization that, you know, I struggled to pray. And I, I heard a lot of other believers share that they struggled in very similar ways. And so I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to put together a book that's going to be practical and help people overcome those struggles. Yeah. And yeah, I, I'll just share, I, I hope it's received. Uh, I mainly, I hope believers will read it and be encouraged and have it drive them to prayer. Um, it, very simple hopes, but I hope that 
people see that prayer is often something that we overcomplicate, but that as we look to God, we look to what he has done for us uh, in Christ, in the gospel, and we realize that God invites us to pray to him as our father. And so I hope it's a, it's a simple book that will uh, give people tools in their prayer toolbox and uh, help them to keep praying. Wonderful, brother. Well, I think that's, but uh, as you're talking, I, I would really appreciate the personal nature of it because I think that's really why we write, right? We're, we're, we're needing to express something, you know, that we, we have learned and, and grown in. And, and I think, you know, prayer is something that a lot of people really, really struggle with. So I'm, I'm thankful for your work in this book. I think that it will definitely help people. So thank you for writing. Yeah. Yeah. Two types of people, write The expert and then someone who wants to grow. And I'm definitely yeah. in that second camp, but I think that's useful for everyone else too, because I'm not, you know, miles ahead of them on the journey. I'm maybe just a little bit ahead of them and can kind of help show them the way practically how to overcome struggles. Yeah, that's really good. Well, how can we cultivate a culture of prayer in our local churches, brother? Well, I love that question. And there's really not many things that are uh, bigger and way, way heavier on my heart than doing that. It's one of the things I hope the book is able to accomplish. Um, but in terms of local church, I think uh, starting from the top, thinking about leadership, I think modeling is so important, whether that be you know leading just regular meetings of the church to model prayer, ask God for wisdom and help in starting it. I think modeling prayer in the services themselves have an incredibly important role of teaching people how to pray through the pastoral prayer, which is something that I think we should be as intentional as possible with. We shouldn't, uh, if we can help it, we should not just ad lib prayer at those parts of the services, but really think long and hard about how do we shepherd people uh, in our communication with God. I think we can also, uh, leaders in the church can teach on prayer, uh, maybe even have, you know, a, a certain time of year, maybe in the new year, have a, a short sermon series on prayer, on uh, psalms that we can kind of apply. And, you know, how can these psalms teach us how to pray or, or something similar, just to keep prayer fresh on people's minds, remind them of their dependence on the Lord, remind them that prayer is an essential part of being a Christian. I feel like in a lot of churches that are very, that, that love the word and that are very intellectual in a good way, sometimes can diminish the importance of prayer. And we don't want to do that. We want good theology. Uh, we want good uh, expositional sermons to drive us to praise and worship and prayer. And then I also think uh, praying together as a church is incredibly important. Not only uh, a prayer meeting, which at my church is on Sunday nights, once a month, think we should encourage people to prioritize that. Uh, I think, what, you know, in different uh, ministries I've led, sometimes it's been hard to get people at different meetings outside the normal flow of things, but are there ways to tack on shorter prayer meetings to uh, events that people are already at, or are there ways to build in prayer into uh, events that people are already at? That's one way to encourage and cultivate a culture of prayer. Um, and Last thing I'll mention for this question, uh, I think small groups is such a, an important time uh, for people to pray and to learn how to pray. Uh, and one of the challenges of small groups is you have such a great discussion on the word or on whatever you're studying that you look at the clock, oh shoot, we're 10 minutes over, I'm just going to close 
with 20 seconds of prayer. And so what I do in the small group that I lead to overcome that is a lot of times I'll start with prayer just so I know we have plenty of time. And it sometimes it groups, the different prayer requests that come up in the group can uh, can kind of balloon and take off a lot of time. So sometimes I'll have a couple different sessions of prayer in a small group. And maybe we'll just start off saying, hey, we're going to look at this psalm or we're going to uh, think about this focus that we're going to talk about today. And I want each of us to pray for a couple minutes about uh, about how the Lord can deepen our understanding of his word uh, in our hearts and how we can live faithfully. And then we'll just start in that and then we'll close with another session of prayer. So th- those are just some random thoughts on cultivating a, a culture of prayer. That's really good. And I really think uh, the, the the aspect that you touched on about small groups is so vital because, you know, when I led small groups, we would, we would start out sharing about what prayer requests we have, what's going on. And often that would, you know, lead into sometimes even not doing the lesson, the lesson would be, you know, there'd be common theme. And, you know, so I would just take that theme or whatever, and just talk about it with the guys um, since it was a men's Bible study. And then we would pray for one another, or we'd focus on praying for somebody you know, you don't have to have just like one set thing. Like you can have a lesson, sure, but you don't have to necessarily just go with that. You know, you can just go with the flow. You know, if you're comfortable with that, of course, you know, we're not saying you have to do that. But, you know, um, going with the flow and, and focusing on people and ministering to them and, and loving them with the truth is is so vital. So, yeah, that's great. That's, that's wise. Yeah, it's something that I think we don't talk enough about um, in in the church. We just have such a cookie cutter approach to to things, and um, it, it bothers me. So um, that's yeah, why important, we're important to be able to pivot and minister to people's real needs with the gospel. And sometimes that's you know officially getting the study done, and sometimes that's uh, dealing with different heart issues, and that can be very transformative. Yes. So, brother, what what practical tips do you have for those who are struggling to pray? Great question and something at the core of what the book is all about. Um, what I'll say first is that it's often much more helpful to focus on instead of growing in prayer, which is kind of focused on ourselves and our works and what we're doing, is just to focus on growing your faith and growing your love for God. In the introduction, I mentioned that those are two foundational aspects of prayer. Prayer. Uh, flows from a healthy faith. And if you love God, you're going to want to talk to him. So Hmm. read your Bible, fellowship with other Christians, uh, serve in your church, grow your faith and your love for God. And prayer is going to become so much more natural. And Hmm. if we're trying to grow a prayer life apart from a growing faith or love for God, that's just completely artificial and doomed for disaster. So grow your faith, grow your love for God. Uh, And secondly, I'll mention probably the most helpful thing you'll hear in this whole interview is just pray with an open Bible. That's helpful, helpful for so many reasons. One of them is because it helps us overcome one of the major struggles Christians have in prayer, which is just not knowing what to say. But in scripture, God communicates to us. And it's so helpful to remember that prayer is us communicating to him. And Mm -hmm. so we don't have to start the conversation with God. He has started the conversation with humanity in his word. And we can just respond to the the amazing books and chapters and verses that he has given us. And uh, I'll quickly share one of the tools that I share in the book that uh, Ben Patterson, who was the campus 
minister at Westmont College shared in a book he wrote on on prayer. I call it the three R method. And Ben Patterson teaches that you take a verse or a portion of scripture, a truth of scripture, and you the three R's are rejoice, repent, and request. So how can you rejoice in this truth? If the truth is you know, what Jesus taught in the Sermon on the Mount, uh, love your enemies, how can we rejoice in that? Well, God, you're pretty amazing. If you have love not only for me, but also for our enemies. <laughs> there are so many gods out there that want to destroy their enemies, but you are a God of love. And then mm. you can move to the next R, repent. But Lord, I haven't always loved my enemies. So then you can quickly move on to request. Lord, would you help me love my enemies as you uh, have loved me and as Christ wants me to? So that's one simple tool, the three R's for praying scripture and taking really anything in scripture right back to God. It's it's beautiful and it's simple. One of the another benefit of praying with an open Bible is that we know God's word is inspired by the Holy Spirit. And so if we want Holy Spirit influenced prayers, prayers that honor God and the Holy Spirit, prayers that are going to help us uh, pray by the Spirit, then why not just pray the very words, respond to the very words the Holy Spirit inspired. And then lastly, about praying with an open Bible is that it's effective. First uh, John 5.14 says, this is the confidence that we have towards him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And of course, God's revealed will uh, is in the Holy Scriptures. The Holy Scriptures are his revealed will. So we can have confidence that praying scripture is, is going to be the most helpful and uh, beneficial thing for our prayer lives. And then the last thing I'll say about a practical tip is just for your listeners to just think about why you struggle to pray. You know, maybe my book will help you think through it or will show you struggles that maybe you didn't think you had. That was one of the surprising things about writing the book is I realized that I struggle with a lot more than I thought I did and that there are some simple tools that can help me overcome those struggles and just have a very kind of well-rounded and uh, hopefully fruitful prayer life. But uh, take them seriously. Be intentional. Don't Uh, be lazy like I was, like I told you the kind of the origin story of the book. Do your best to to keep praying. (laughs) Do your best to not get too discouraged. And I think often it doesn't take very much to help us with a struggle. Uh, Maybe a simple tool or a simple way of thinking about God um, that can really help us out a lot and help us enter into a joyful season of prayer. So don't give up. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's really good. And even even just talking about that with somebody, why, why are you struggling? We're working through that. I think that's it's good to, um, yeah, that's that's what you said is so good, brother. So good. How how should we deal with distractions in our prayer lives? Well, Dave, you touched on what may be the biggest felt struggle for most Christians: distraction. Uh, and and as I just said, I, I would encourage listeners to examine what distracts you. For me, often, for me, often, it's not even like the major things in my life. It's a lot of the little things. It's my to-do list. You know, it's my daughter wanting my attention. It's uh, thinking about, you know, the score of a sports game that I missed the night before. Just nothing eternally <laughs> important. Um, and, I, and I think it's easy for us in the 21st century to put so much of the blame on technology. Uh, certainly, technology makes focusing and and being distracted uh, or uh, lacking focus and being distracted pretty natural, but we're really not unique. And it's something, distraction has been something that all generations of believers have had to battle. 
Uh, it's interesting that the Apostle Peter tells us to be self-controlled and sober-minded. Well, why? For the sake of your prayers. Yes. So we need to be self-controlled, battling distraction. We need to be sober-minded, thinking about uh, things the way that God sees them on earth and and just remembering the treasure and the gift we have in prayer. And we don't want to waste it. So yeah, examine your distractions. Uh, then I would also say examine why you're distracted. What is the heart reason behind your distraction that may reveal an idol in your life? It may reveal uh, that you're avoiding something painful and you don't want to deal with. It may reveal that you actually are just a lazy person. <laughs> And for me, that's often what it comes down to. It's like, Kevin, you don't need to be distracted with all this. Just don't be checking your email first thing in the morning. Uh, then, then you're in work mode. You know, open the Bible first. <laughs> Put your phone aside and uh, focus, give God the, the first fruits of your mental energy. Mm. And I'll also share a couple practical tools uh, to help us foster focus, some of the things that have helped me. First thing I'll mention that I actually have a whole chapter about it. It's on uh, the chapter is called, I don't know what to say in prayer. And basically find a path you can take in prayer. So find a structure that your prayers can take, because if you have a path, it's easier to focus just on the next step right ahead of you. If you're praying scripture, that's a great path. You can uh, frame your prayer requests around the Lord's Prayer. You can use the uh, Acts, a, Adoration, Confession, Thanksgiving, Supplication. You can use that to frame your prayer. But having a path uh, so you can focus on each step ahead of you helps helps me at least block away all the things that are not on that path. So yes. find a path for prayer. For me, just, just practically speaking, I love to walk and pray. Uh, we live in a, a neighborhood with a lot of great places to walk. So sometimes I'll just take a note card. I'll write a little scripture on it that I want to kind of frame and uh, launch my prayers. And then I'll have a few bullet point prayer requests and I'll, you know, just be walking for 15, 20 minutes and, and praying. And that helps me focus. So my encouragement to your listeners is find ways, find little things like that that can help you focus and then take advantage of them. I think that's really, really good. Really, really good. What what advice do you have for those who they feel so unorganized in their prayer lives, you know, and they probably will just feel like, hey, why, why do I even keep going and, and doing this? Yeah, that's a great question. I feel like organization is one of those maybe hidden struggles that people may not know they have. Uh, and, and I'll talk about this topic by just reminding, reminding listeners that God actually calls us to pray for a lot of different things, specifically intercede. Uh, in a lot of different ways in scripture. You know, obviously we're supposed to pray for ourselves, friends and family. We're called to pray for leaders in the church, you know, the spread of the gospel locally and globally, called to pray for more gospel workers. We're called to pray for uh, leaders and kings and rulers in authority, as it says in 1 Timothy 2. And I know that I don't pray for all of that naturally. They don't, it doesn't just come to my head, Kevin, pray for your governor. <laughs> Kevin, pray for, pray for the mayor of the town that you live in. That you know he 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 would uh, honor God with with what he's doing, and that he would come to know the Lord. And so I, I suggest in the chapter that I wrote on organization it is for people to develop a system. What is your system for praying through everything God has called you to? Maybe maybe you have a big family, and you want to pray for your family. You're probably not going to pray for your big family every single person in depth every day, but there has to be a way you can. Uh, create a rhythm of prayer where you can pray for 
maybe maybe right now my 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 wife and I have a lot of nieces and nephews. I think we have the tenth one will be born next month, and I want to I want to pray for them. Uh, it's a hard world to grow up in, but without a system, it's kind of overwhelming, right? So what I do personally, I use an app called PrayerMate, and there are a lot of other good apps out there that you can enter prayer requests and maybe three or four bullet points of what specifically you want to pray for. And then I can click there and say, I want to pray for this either weekly or monthly. And as I go to the app in my morning prayer time, I cycle through the different prayer cards and it comes up. And having that simple system in place makes uh, makes sure that I'm actually praying for all the things that I want to pray for. And I, I close the, that chapter with uh, illustration. Something that's really encouraged me is that we don't know how God is going to use our prayers. You know, if we pray for uh, a pastor who's discouraged, the Lord may use that prayer to encourage him and he may lead people to the Lord as a result of that. And those people may lead other people to the Lord. So the, the ripple effects of our prayers can go on for generations and really for all of eternity. And so my, my encouragement to all your listeners to think of interceding for others as a little seed. And, you know, we just pray that seed, you know, just like planting a seed, you can plant it in like, what, 20 seconds and uh, you move on to the next thing in your day. But that seed may become a forest in a couple generations. Uh, God can do far more abundantly than we ask or think uh, through our prayers. And uh, it's, it's, that encourages me <laughs> to intercede for others. That encourages me to be intentional at living a life of intercession for others, because, you know, I, I wish I could be sharing the gospel with more people. I wish I could make more of a difference in my life uh, for the gospel. But prayer is an incredible tool for doing ministry. And we can't mm. forget that. We can't think, oh, if you're not preaching every Sunday or sharing the gospel all the time, you're, you're not doing ministry. Prayer is ministry. And taking Amen. God's commands seriously uh, by organizing our prayer lives a little bit, just so we can be obedient and intentional is going to bear unbelievable fruit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's like what you were saying earlier too, you know, it's how we, it's, it's, it's how we love God and how we love other people. You know, how are people going to know that, that we really love, love the Lord and love them? We, we pray for them. We, we pray for that difficult person. We, we pray for that struggling brother or sister, right? We, 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 and then we come alongside of them and, and even let them know that, um, you know, Hey, I'm praying for you. You know, um, how can I keep praying? No, we don't. One thing I think that we have to be careful of is, is we're not just like surrounding them all the time and, you know, being like, Hey, how can I pray for you? How can I pray for you? But, you know, checking up appropriately, uh, you know, maybe every other week or something like that, you know, where we're not overwhelming them because they, if, if they're hurting and they're telling people that they're hurting, they're already going to have a lot of, probably have a lot of people asking them how they are and that, and that, and that can cause them to focus too much on that issue as well, whatever that issue is, you know what I mean? So we, we have to be sensitive, but we also have to be intentional and purposeful. So mm. It's a good word. Well, brother, I know this question, I'm going to frame it. I'm going to, I'm going to say it this way. I know you and I, we, we have both gotten this question um, probably many, many times over the years. I'm really interested to hear what you have to say. What, what would you say to the person who feels they're so stuck in the pit of their sin that they shouldn't pray or, or they can't even begin to pray? The first thing I would encourage them with is that Jesus Christ came for sinners, and the gospel is for sinners. 
Amen. And we can we can lean into that. And it's it's our, you know our sin is terrible. It's what drove Christ to the cross. But in Christ, even though we're still not perfect, if we put our faith in Him and repent of our sins, with do our very best to stop sinning to honor God, that we can be forgiven and cleansed. And I love how the Lord's Prayer can actually help us in this way because God invites us to pray, forgive us our debt. Mm. So encouraging to me to realize that God prescribes this petition for sinners like us. Uh, he knows we're going to need it, and he fully wants to answer it. And so my, my encouragement for the person asking that question is, it's okay to feel the weight of your sin, but look to the cross, preach the gospel to yourself, realize that Christ has taken it, realize that God can and will cleanse you as you confess your sins and uh, pray for your sanctification, pray to to grow and to not be battling in the same way with sin. And um, the Lord's going to help you. You know, you're, you're not going to be perfect. We're all still battling. But I love the words of uh, Hebrews 4. Uh, Hebrews 4.15 says, We do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Then verse 16, Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. And I love those last words. It says, God has help for us in our time of need. And so our guilt shouldn't keep us from prayer it should actually drive us to prayer because we have a great high priest who's taken our sin upon himself because we have that invitation to pray, forgive us our debts. So brother or sister who feels like you're trapped in sin, use this as an opportunity to go really deep in understanding just what the grace of God means practically in your life. And as you deepen yourself in your understanding of his grace, as it says in Titus 2, 11 through 14, that grace is going to transform you and you're going to grow. And so, yeah, it, I hate, I've been there before, <laughs> stuck in the pit of sin. It's terrible, but this is a great opportunity to uh, see where the rubber meets the road in terms of believing the gospel and how, how that changes us from the inside out. Yeah, I love your answer. And I, and I tell people that are struggling with this, hey, look, I use the verse you just said, it, you have a high priest who's gone before you to, to make a way for you to have access to God. And this this God, they had no access in the Old Testament, you know, to, to go before the throne of grace. And now you have access, open access 24-7 whenever you want to go before the throne of grace. It's not a throne of condemnation. It's a throne of grace, as you so accurately said, and uh, just go before that throne of grace. Take your, take whatever that sin, take whatever that issue is, take it to, take it to Jesus. And I love first uh, John two, one through two also that we have an advocate before the father, mm. Jesus Christ, the righteous. And um, so that that's, those are just some things. And I also think if, if you're having a perpetual state of this is a struggle. I think talking to your pastor or finding a biblical counselor and, and, and getting digging in and finding out what, what's really happening is, is, um, is, is also really um, vital. So that's great advice and asking for help in such a way, maybe the, the thing that'll help someone the most, right? I've, I've had to ask for help before with things and God has used it in amazing ways. So don't think it's a sign of weakness. I think, 
being humble enough to ask for help is a great sign of strength. Amen. Yes. Amen. What, what, what advice do you have for those who think they're too busy to pray? Funny that you asked that because just a half an hour before we started our conversation, I realized I've been too busy to pray about something important that uh, we have going on in our lives. Uh, but first thing I would say is that prayer and busyness, it, it's really a matter of priorities. Just like if someone tells me, you know what, I want to go to church, but I'm just too busy with this and that. I would say your priorities are misaligned because you're disobeying scripture. You know, we're not supposed to give up meeting together, as it says in Hebrews 10. And so I would encourage people, if you really are too busy to pray, are, th are there reasons that, are, can you realign your priorities a little bit? And for some people, it's going to be, yeah, I shouldn't be working 80-hour weeks. And then I'm, I just get home and I'm exhausted and I sleep in because I'm exhausted. But for other people, like a stay-at-home mom or something with kids bouncing off the walls all day, and it's hard to squeak out two minutes for prayer, uh, two minutes of quiet, um, I would encourage them to uh, kind of see how can I incorporate prayer into what I'm already doing? How can I pray with my kids maybe? Um, I love the, uh, the example of uh, Susanna Wesley uh, that I share in the book. She had kids, I think she had like 10 or 11 kids, and she so desperately longed for communion with God through prayer that she would just pull her apron over her face. And that kind of signaled to all her kids. She trained her kids to know, do not bother mama when she's got the apron over her face because she's praying. And she would just take advantage of a, a few minutes of time with God in prayer. Mm. And I... I I'm encouraged by a lot of the very short prayers in scripture as well. If you look at the Lord's prayer, it's only 52 words long and it takes about 20 seconds to say. And so my encouragement to the, the busy wannabe prayer is how can you take advantage of short pockets of time throughout the day? Maybe it's before a meeting, you have a few minutes or during your lunch and you can pray. The Lord's prayer is one, one way to pray, pray the Lord's prayer maybe expand one of the petitions or two of them or all of them, depending on the time that you have and take advantage of little moments throughout the day to spend with the Lord. I, uh, I love texting my wife uh, off and on throughout the workday just to check in, see how her day's going, tell her I love her, tell her about, you know, a, a date will go on and try and get her excited. And that builds our relationship. We grow in our love for each other in small little ways throughout the day. Why can't we do that? with the Lord. Mm, so good. Yeah. Just even, even if somebody's listening and they're, they're thinking, well, you know, I can do that. Start with five minutes. Who yeah. doesn't have five minutes? I use the alarm clock on my phone and just put five minutes or 10 minutes. And, uh, that's an incredibly it, giving my mind a deadline for prayer actually is really helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. You know, brother, what, what advice do you have for those who they, they feel like I'm just too stressed. Work is killing me. It's, you know, it's all consuming me or something else is really, you know, affecting me I'm, and I'm too stressed to pray. What, what would you say to them? Yeah, I would say similar to when we had talked about feeling guilty, stress is one of those obstacles that can keep us from prayer instead of driving us to it. But we see in scripture that it should drive us to prayer. Uh, I love Philippians 4, 6 through 7, that's kind of the classic passage on prayer and anxiety. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. 
and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And so that's that's a promise that as we pray and as we give thanks to God, we will encounter God's peace that passes all understanding. Um, and in, in the chapter I wrote on uh, praying uh, when anxious, I actually confessed that I thought <laughs> I thought I had broken that passage of scripture because I had a stressful situation and that that exact passage came to mind. And I, I thought, okay, I'm going to pray and I'm going to be relieved of this anxiety. But after, you know, maybe five or 10 minutes in prayer, I realized I was, I was like two or three times more anxious after praying. And, and I'm like, what in the world is going on? I thought this was a promise in scripture. Prayer is going to help us with anxiety. But I, I kind of had to do a, an analysis of what went wrong in my heart. Why did I not encounter God's peace? And what I realized is that, uh, first of all, I was very, I was very self-focused. I just wanted immediate relief from something that was frustrating me. I kind of treated God like a magic genie instead of God, my heavenly father, who is working sovereignly over my life, over the scope of eternity to make me more like Christ. And I was also meditating on the things that made me anxious instead of what God tells us to uh to fix our minds on in Philippians 4, 8, which is the verse right after this passage, which says, whatever is true, noble, just, pure, lovely, commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And so I realized my whole perspective and mentality toward prayer was just, you know, like, like those Staples commercials, just, I want to press the easy button, get out of my stressful time. Uh, But God is actually asking for a specific type of prayer but as we dig in and as we really pray and re- show our burdens to the Lord, confess our trust in him, give thanks to him for all of his grace in our lives, uh, we will encounter his peace. That, that is a rock solid promise. And my encouragement for people listening who uh, maybe have a hard time encountering God's peace is, again, pray with an open Bible because uh, God's word is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable, excellent worthy of praise. So set your mind on that and use that to help you pray. But then also realize that, yeah, you may have to dig deep in seeking God in this trial, but you're going to encounter God's peace. And often when it's when you do have to dig really deep, you encounter God's peace in a very special way. And so mm-hmm. don't give up in prayer when you're stressed. Uh, when you are stressed, draw near to the Lord and look at your situation through his perspective and ask him for help. And uh, it'll be a a chance to grow instead of uh, just another thing to beat you down over (laughs) how hard your life is. Really a great answer, brother. Do you have any, um, any book recommendations on prayer that you want to share with us? Yeah, I can rattle off some of my favorites. Of course, I read a lot uh, in preparation for this book and I recommend for most believers. I mean, not everyone can read as much as you, Dave, but it, if, if you're a reader, try and work in a, a book on prayer, maybe every year if you're able. So mm. some of my favorites are A Simple Way to Pray by Martin Luther. It's like 30 pages long, incredibly practical. Uh, I think you can even download a free copy online, A Simple Way to Pray by Martin Luther. I love D.A. Carson's Praying with Paul. Really anything by Spurgeon on prayer is going to be gold. I like A Praying Life by Paul Miller, mm. incredibly encouraging. Uh, and then one book I'll recommend that, I don't know if it's still in print, but I read it and I quote it a handful of times in, in my book. It's really, really good. It's called The God Who Hears 
by W. Bingham Hunter. Mm. He used to be a professor at uh, the school I graduated from, Trinity Evangelical Divinity School, and just very pastoral, very practical, very insightful. I'd recommend all of those books. Excellent. Excellent. Where can people go to find out more about you on social media or otherwise, brother? Yeah, my online home is kevinhalloran.net. That's Kevin, H-A-L-L-O-R-A-N.net. Wonderful. Uh, can they, where can they find you on social media? Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, I'm KP underscore Halloran. Then you can just search my name on Facebook and I should come up. Excellent. Excellent. I encourage people to follow you and check out what you're doing. Um, you know, there's a lot that we could talk about in the course of this interview, brother. Uh, just as we wrap up this conversation, can you give us a few takeaways? Yeah. Um, prayer is an incredible and unbelievable a, such a gracious gift that God has given to us. He is our heavenly father. We are his beloved children and we can come to him with everything. And really prayer, I, I don't know who said it originally, but prayer for the believers should be like breathing. We should be praying continually as, as Paul commanded. And so uh, make prayer a priority. Be intentional at examining why prayer is hard, but also be intentional in seeking how to overcome uh, your struggles. And my book was written to help with that process. So that may be one tool useful to you. Um, But yeah, my encouragement to everybody, pray big prayers, pray prayers shaped by the scriptures. And when you do struggle, which, you know, I wrote a book on uh, prayer and struggles, and I still struggle to pray sometimes, but Now I'm able to apply some of the tools, apply some of the scriptures mentioned in the book and keep praying. I I don't give up. I don't get too discouraged. I just, okay, I I was just distracted for 10 minutes. Now I'm going to not be distracted. I'm going to keep going and asking the Lord for more of his grace to understand in a deeper way, more of what he's done for me in Christ. And uh, it's going to not only Uh, change the lives of your listeners, but it's going to reap eternal benefits in the lives of others as well. So take full advantage of the gift of prayer. Our lives are very short Mm. and we want to honor God in every way and invest in eternity and God's eternal purposes for the world in any way we can. And prayer is a, is one of the, the most important ways we can do that. Amen, brother. Well, guys, we've been talking today with Kevin Halloran, my friend, about his book, When Prayer is a Struggle, a Practical Guide to Overcoming Obstacles in Prayer. I encourage our listeners to pick it up. You will enjoy it. And thank you so much, Kevin, for the great job that you've done today here talking with us and uh, pray Christ Church's blessings on your ministry. Thank you so much for having me, Dave. God bless. Thank you for listening to the Equipping You in Grace podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe, rate us on the app, and share this with your friends and family on social media. If you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Servants of Grace, on Instagram at Servants of Grace, or by searching at Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this episode and many others like it on the front page of our website, servantsofgrace.org.